I am Allison Cole, and even though I am a licensed psychologist, I am here to only provide general information about psychological and emotional issues, but my guest and I will not be rendering psychological or healthcare advice for any individual or for his or her particular situation. If you are seeking a diagnosis, treatment, or advice regarding medical or mental health issue, please request a referral for a psychologist, psychotherapist, or licensed professional. Hello, and welcome back to What It Takes to Heal, Episode 5. My name is Corey Griffiths. I'm your host, professional drug and alcohol interventionist with a lifelong interest in all forms of healing. Collaborating with Dr. Allison Cole, psychologist and owner of Create Outcomes, to do this podcast and uncover what it really takes to heal. I'm also here with our sponsor, my older brother, four-time Grammy Award-winning producer, Toby Wright, to introduce us to Tomes. Good morning, Toby. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Dr. Allison Cole. How are you guys? We're doing good. Excellent. I look forward to uh, playing a little bit of a sound bath at the end of this uh, wonderful podcast, and hopefully our listeners will stay tuned for that. Highly recommended. Good morning, Dr. Cole. Hi, Corey. Appreciate you being here. Uh, This series will focus on how to know when you need help and what it takes to find the right therapist. In our last episode, we discussed the question, how do I know if I'm with the right therapist? Today's episode is a little more fun, and we will explore the question, does finding a therapist online really work? Yeah, I think this is this is a fun question. We definitely laughed a lot going through uh, the Psychology Today profiles, so this should be good, hopefully, and hopefully helpful to our listeners and also to therapists. I mean, I learned a lot about looking at my own profile, so I think we'll get into uh, what might be helpful for all of our listeners when navigating Psychology Today, at least. Yeah, going on psychology today and searching for help with anxiety, for example, literally not limit the search by maybe one person. Well, let's make sure our listeners are with us here. So I even recommend we could do something a little experiential with our listeners today. If they want to just go on to psychology today and go to their uh, zip code and, and then punch in on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a lot of things you can check off. And what Corey's referring to uh, is that when you check off anxiety, for instance, pretty much the same list of therapists shows up and doesn't, doesn't narrow it down at all. So yeah, psychology today is basically the gold standard in websites for finding a psychologist, correct? I don't know if it's the gold standard. I'd probably say it's the most heavily used, but that's just based on what what people talk about. I don't know that in the research, but I'm pretty sure that I would say that it's the most heavily used. It's kind of the phone book of Yeah, yeah, that's probably a better explanation. So I was first introduced to psychology today through work, and I was working at a treatment center in Los Angeles doing business development and wanted to get to know the therapists in the area. Not that we were hiring, but to send people to who were leaving the treatment center and to 
just develop a relationship with uh, because that was my job. And I, around the same time, started looking for my own therapist. It was through conversations with several people, you being one, Allie, who recommended psychology today and told me to look for very specific things. So I started to look for these things, not only what is checked off, but what is in the bio or their description of what type of therapy they do. So to all of our listeners, uh, psychologytoday.com, if you'd like to give this a shot with us, I am doing... Denver, Colorado. And I'm I'm here in looking at LA and uh just just going through here and I know that in your search you said that you were looking for um people that could work with clients that had addiction issues. Is that what you said? Well basically yes. Well, I mean I think that's that's a good place to start because like we said in our last episode that, you know, addiction, you know, a lot of therapists can help people with addiction, but it does take some kind of knowledge and training to help somebody who is suffering from substance abuse. So I have a a list pulled up here. And um, if I click on addiction here under issues. So you have it completely open right now, right? Yeah, so there's no specifiers checked off yet. And then I have this list based on uh, Hollywood 90210. And uh, and I'm going to just put addiction as one of my criteria of issues I want this person to cover. Yeah, and the, and the same person who was there pops up. Again, a couple people disappeared, which is nice. But then I'm going to see, I'm going to put ADHD in, anger management, still there, still same people, (laughs) anxiety, still same people, bipolar disorder, still same people. Oh, I got a new one here. So the point being here for our listeners is that, you know, the reason why psychology today can be a little daunting is it looks like everybody works with almost everything. Um, It would be really surprising to me, Corey, if somebody who had all the training necessary to work with somebody with addiction also has all the training necessary to work with someone with like bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder. Um, But possibly, I mean, you know, that's absolutely possible that they do. But again, you know, these are things you find out when we say, like, that's why you call a therapist ahead of time. In one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about questions to ask. So, I mean, maybe absolutely people can treat a ton of different issues, I guess, as long as they can explain to you, you know, how they have the training or the supervision or the experience or their willingness to get the training to be able to, to work with one of these issues. I mean, I'm looking at somebody here. Um, this woman has one sentence in her bio. I hope I can be of help to you. Uh, actually, two sentences. Please call me so we can decide together if I'm the right person so you don't really know anything about who she is. And then honestly, under issues, there's probably 
I think she checked off every single issue. So this woman is says she can it's work marketing, right? <laughs> she can I mean, work. <laughs> she can work from everything from like uh, you know, let's see here, sexual addiction to self-harming to racial identity issues, even though I hope she can. I mean, it's not to say a white woman can't work with racial identity issues. Um, and then we have chronic pain, borderline personality disorder, um, learning disabilities, even um, spirituality. So video game addiction, I don't know if I said that, infidelity, infertility, you know, all of these issues, it's it's wonderful that she's claiming she could work, but this doesn't help you feel comfortable like she has divorce on here. If you're coming in for a very specific issue like divorce or something that sometimes it's nice to know that a therapist only is saying that they specialize in a few different issues or presenting problems or disorders because that might give you more confidence that they might have more time under their belt from the past or or more time in the future to be able to get the supervision or the guidance or the education or the experience they need to really be able to understand how to go about healing whatever it is that um, you're bringing in the room. And I know it sounds like we're contradicting ourselves a little bit because last you know, episode, we talked about how much it's the relationship in the research that's showing us what makes effective therapeutic outcomes. But this, this is showing us that, you know, it's a combination of things. So I guess if this woman is wonderful at creating relationship, and she seems pretty confident about that as uh, she's leaves two sentences in her bio, but also very confusing, you know, to see somebody who is saying that they specialize in probably over 50 different presenting problems and, and issues. But what are you seeing over there on your end from Denver? Well, Denver is a little bit different. I haven't clicked on any specific issues yet, but just going down the page, the first page, we have Peaceful Yoda Yoga. No, we don't. Are you serious? Trauma inspired. <laughs> Wait, say M- that again. A. Peaceful, peaceful Yoda, Yoda yoga. Okay. Recovery and trauma inspired. Is that her Instead name? Instead of a name. Okay, that's no, her that name. is her name. Okay, peaceful Yoda yoga. I guess that's Denver for you. Uh, M A means what? Uh, masters. I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't think that means In, any sort of license. Yeah. So. She says, allow me to demystify the practice of yoga. Namaste. Wow. My name is, and it is a true pleasure to meet you. First, I want to explain why I chose the business name Peaceful Yoda. The meaning of Yoda in Sanskrit is warrior. Well, I guess with her, at least she's telling at least she's telling people exactly what she's going to do in the room. And also this is, you brought up another really important point that, you know, it's hard for, you know, a layman or anybody looking for help to know what all these letters behind people's name mean. So every people know that, you know, an MA usually means a master's, right? But there's no L for license, right? And it doesn't sound, a master's doesn't mean that somebody has a license. So at least she's showing people that I don't have a license. I'm here to do yoga. And I had, I guess, some sort of 
um, Sanskrit way of approaching, talking about what healing is. So I guess it's at least she's being clear about what you're going to get if you are to go there. I think the thing with the bios that we've noticed when we look through them is that they all kind of sound the same. And I was being a little judgmental of other people's bios. And then Corey, you pointed out that I needed to take a look at my own bio. Well, yeah. So you were telling me to look for a psychodynamic, uh, what? Attachment. Attachment based trauma. And so I'm, I'm reading through all these different bios and checking these boxes and you know some people came up uh and then there's the problematic aspect of of getting to them but this this particular woman the peaceful yoda yoga specializes in addiction trauma and ptsd and alcohol use but what's most interesting to me is that you can be on here and not be licensed because I wouldn't know if I was just looking for a therapist and saw someone that I liked on here that they were not licensed. It would take a licensed person, really, or someone who was reading very closely to realize that someone isn't licensed or is licensed who you find on here because the assumption can be made if you're on psychology today that you're probably a psychologist or licensed therapist of some sort so can anyone get on here i i honestly don't know they must be i don't they must be able to as long as i guess they say that they're a therapist i like oh i see a button here that says verified so i i didn't even know i don't know if that means does she have the verified button next to her name or next to the title um no okay so maybe that's what it is i i'm sorry we don't have more research on how psychology today goes about vetting their their therapists who are on there but but we brought up a lot of jargon Corey. we brought up psychodynamic attachment base right and so again we've talked about in terms of what questions to ask before you go see a therapist is kind of how they go about healing problems right which is goes into the type of therapy that they do and as i've said before that psychodynamic has an appreciation for the unconscious it also has an appreciation for the therapist unconscious and for the therapist to examine their own bias so i believe that understanding our past and how our unconscious from when we were children and the mental habits we formed, um, that that's absolutely imperative for healing. But there's a lot of people who would disagree with me because they might believe that cognitive behavioral and staying in the present and, you know, having a schedule and, you know, thinking more positively or noticing negative thoughts is enough. So we all we all have our different opinions in this field. That's why it it's also more makes a life it, coach. I I can't get too biased here, but it. I mean, we use cognitive behavioral therapy, and I mean, this is getting us in now to the jargon that if anybody's following along and our listeners, as we suggested in the beginning underneath issues you see types of therapy and that's that's what we're talking about now and i just feel bad for people out there who aren't trained in it because there's so many different kinds but i'd say can we you go know, through can we go through some of these yeah i was just gonna go there's a lot of them here but i was gonna go through kind of the major ones like cognitive behavioral is one that a lot of people talk about and 
you know, it is very much solution focused. It does get, it can be, you know, very directed with clear goals. And then the therapist sometimes should be, I mean, the point of cognitive behavioral is they're following some sort of manual. They might give you homework. The problem with this is that if there's not a good relationship and rapport, a lot of these results don't hold true long-term because what can happen is even if you're able to heal something by changing your behavior or thoughts in the moment, if there is an underlying trauma or trigger, which we'll discuss more when we bring on Sarah Fries, our trauma specialist, knowing kind of when there might be some trauma underneath, cognitive behavioral therapy in itself may not be able to uncover some of those deeper underlying issues or even the more subtle ones that wouldn't necessarily be considered trauma. So obviously in this podcast, we're going to be kind of promoting more a psychodynamic model, which does, like I said, really look at all of the underlying reasons why we might be thinking and acting the way that we are so that we can have more conscious control over it overall and not just target one behavior or one thought, but kind of target our whole character so that we can live sure. more in alignment with who we want to be and make decisions that, you know, are more in alignment with our values. Yeah. It's like you can take away the drugs and alcohol, right? As a behavior, even be in a program of recovery, but without doing the necessary work to uncover the pain that is underneath that or what is underneath that uh, relapses happen. And why do they happen so much? Because people don't get to that core issue. But they all seem to say almost the exact same thing. I found myself looking for, when I was on here, looking for my own therapist, an attractive middle-aged therapist that looked smart and there are a lot of them in los angeles on i don't psychology know that. today i'm surprised by that Corey. what do you mean i said i don't think i'm surprised by that oh i think you, said you were surprised <laughs> i think a lot that. of people look for therapists that way like who looks good or looks like they know what they're talking about i mean i don't really know what else to to go for that's kind of why i said it's almost like online dating i realize i'm not going to be dating my psychologist, but I am going to have a relationship with this person. And there's something about pictures, which is funny that the Denver pictures, uh, many of them are have trees behind them or are on mountaintops or flannel shirts. Yeah. I mean, well, that might, <laughs> that might speak better to, uh, people in Denver. We had or one of our therapists sunset. who moved to Denver who asked for a picture to be run, redone because she thought it was, she was from New York City and she thought it was way too professional. So yeah, I think the picture speaks a lot. And I do have to say the difference from online dating is you don't have to pay for your first date um, as you do have to pay for a therapist. So it's a little more serious when you're looking through profiles of therapists because you're actually going to have to pay them to see them rather than hopefully you're not paying for your first date. Splitting it, right? Um, <laughs> so we did go over all these terms, but I'd like to go back to when I was looking for a therapist and you were asking me to look for these particular things 
I asked what your bio said. Yeah, and I, yeah, I do. And I had brought it up earlier in the episode that I think that it it kind of is a little embarrassing because I was giving you all this advice about, you know, look for psychodynamic and attachment base. And yeah, you can check one of these boxes along the side here, but it doesn't limit the search much. And then you look at the bios and they don't say anything. And my bio doesn't really, I mean, my bio gives you examples of, of my experience, but it doesn't really tell you that I'm psychodynamic and an attachment-based therapist. So then I realized that other therapists probably don't have that specific information um, in their bios. And it's hard. Like I, at least I am proud of myself though. When I looked at my bio, that I didn't list that I work with a million issues. I like that other psychologist I was just pointing out, like who said she worked with literally every issue. I at least narrowed down the issues I worked, f- and I do just have a few types of therapy that I do that are accurate, like psychodynamic and attachment based. Whereas some of these people literally say they do every type of therapy that's out there, and. And honestly, I don't think it's the end of the world to go by someone's picture, but I do think um, we're going to really need our next episode with our inclusivity and diversity specialists, uh, Thomas Neuschel and Dr. Sandy Jenkins, are going to come on in uh, our next episode to help us really think about sometimes when you're drawn to something, Corey, like the attractive woman picture if it's really a good idea to go with what you're most comfortable with based on gender and sexual orientation, or if a therapist looks similar to you, or they look like they're from the same culture as you, or they speak a different language that you're interested in. Like, it is important that even though we want to go to somebody who we're naturally attracted to or drawn to, that we also think about kind of the reasons why we're choosing that person based on what we're assuming by what they look like or what their name is or what their last name is. But you did also mention, in addition to, you know, all the different types of therapy that are listed here, and, and we could go further into some of them, but we'll go more into them in future podcasts too. But all the different letters behind people's names, right? Like you asked, like, does somebody have to be licensed to be on here? I mean, Corey, you've been through this a lot. I mean, can you now, I mean, do you, are you able to kind of go through this now after you've had to go through for your clients and also for yourself so many times, like what level of training somebody has? Well, I, sort of understand that what i don't understand is um psychodynamic cognitive behavioral dbt act eft there's so many different uh, acronyms and just types of therapy that even if i understand what one of them is intellectually i don't understand if that's what is going to help me, I have no idea if that's the best thing for me. So I took some advice from others and found a therapist who isn't an attractive female. <laughs> He's actually not a female at all. Um, and tried something new, right? And was willing to... And your therapist is an analyst, right? Like you've mentioned and... Yeah, he's an old school psychoanalyst. Um Rarely takes notes, but sometimes he does. Uh, he remembers things pretty well. 
He picked up pretty quickly on the patterns that I have and the system of belief I have around structure and what structure means and how there is structure in everything and when it's okay to go outside of that or or why I am sometimes fighting particular types of structure. And it's interesting and it's a lot different than if I was seeing someone else who didn't practice that type of therapy or who wasn't able to see that. So with all these different people and all of these things that can be clicked in terms of types of therapy, faith, language, age, sexuality, but mostly the issues. I think that it would be hard to know that you know, the th- the analyst is going to give you this wonderful insight that seemed really useful to you about structure, right? And so it's because not everybody knows about how each one of these types of modalities actually works. Like you said, you just rattled off a few. And some of them are very much meant for specific or have only been researched, I should say, for specific presenting problems or specific disorders. We talked a little bit earlier about EMDR being researched for trauma. DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, is another one that's very popular. But again, a lot of the research is on women with bipolar disorder and adolescents. But we have DBT groups kind of popping up everywhere. So all of these, all of these types of therapy, that's are very confusing. But I think we said a little bit about our bias around psychodynamic, psychoanalytic. We obviously love EMDR. We do it in our practice all of the time, but we also do it in the context of a psychodynamic model. Um, what, what is EFT? EFT, we also, our therapists are trained in EFT for, um, it's called emotionally focused therapy, and it's for couples. And well, at least it's researched on couples. I think there might be doing some work um, for individuals in terms of applying it in individual therapy more. But for now, it's it was it's a wonderful type of therapy. We really appreciate it because it really does have roots in psychodynamic and psychoanalytic thinking about looking at the triggers and traumas from each of the partners and trying to understand each other better that way. So. You know, EFT is one that you wouldn't even know it's for couples by kind of looking at it. Sure. So that's a bad example. What's ACT? Acceptance and commitment therapy. Okay. What if I needed that and I don't know that? How my, My question is, how is the person who's seeking therapy supposed to know what type of therapy they're looking for? Well, that's why I think we're proving our point here that... It's not going to be easy. They can look it up online. They can, you know, research it. But what's going to help the most is what we talked about in our episode when we gave the questions you need to ask a therapist before you even pay money and sit down in front of them. And that is, how are you going to understand what's causing my problem? And how are you going to go about treating it? 
and have you the experience or training or ability to help me overcome that problem. That way, whatever one of these types of therapy that they say they do, they should be able to explain it to you. And I have to say, a lot of therapists say they're integrative, which is absolutely fine. So are we. We use CBT when we do our treatment plans and set goals, but we do mostly psychodynamic in terms of the actual work and the process that happens. So even if a therapist says they integrate some of these different modalities, they should be able to explain each one to you. And I wouldn't go off like what's most popular, like everyone's talking about EMDR, DBT, go through the conversation with the therapist to have them help you understand and make sure it makes sense to you. But again, like we said in our last episode, it really is about the relationship. And so I, I just wish that, you know, maybe the bios or part of psychology today could give you a little bit more information about sort of what you're getting, but everybody on there, or a lot, a lot of people on there seem to be saying they do almost everything, well, um, I think funny. is what makes it confusing. What's funny is I, I was just thinking you could switch all of the pictures with all of the bios, and I doubt that the bios would change anyone's pick of who they want as a therapist because they all say that's probably basically true. the same thing i believe that life is a process of becoming this is an actual one i'm reading here with the passing of time we change and so our needs and wants within relationships change are you eager for positive change that improves your relationships with others and allows for new understanding and compassion for yourself like, In, of course, everybody wants that. Right? And they all say something similar. No, I, I, I could know. go through all of them. I just I want to hack this and swap the pictures around. and <laughs> See what happens. Well, I think we've, I mean, I know in this episode, we actually kind of, you know, did an extra one because we realized that it, it is important to kind of give validation to how confusing this is. And we just want our listeners to be able to feel a little bit more um, kind of comforted knowing that this is very confusing, even for me as a psychologist. And also, if we have therapists listening, like I think we all got to get a little bit better at getting clearer about what we actually have training in and what issues we actually have experience and supervision and ongoing support and learning more about in the issues that we treat. So, we covered a lot. I, I know that you said you didn't need any more help in the licenses, but before we leave today, I just want to give our listeners a little bit more information about what all the letters mean, but it looks like you want to say something before I do that. Well, I wanted to ask, which of these issues require a specific type of well, that's a great question. therapy, <laughs> right? For example... Um, I mean, Alzheimer's is on here for issues, right? So borderline personality or um, disassociative identity disorder, right? Things like that. Dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, I think. Did I say it wrong? You said, well, I used to actually always say Dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, I always used to say it wrong. I got actually pretty called out about that, so I can call it out on you now. But I love that you brought up Alzheimer's and borderline personality disorder, right? Those are the first two you mentioned. Um, Alzheimer's, 
I mean, that is the perfect example. <laughs> is a perfect example <laughs> of what somebody should have a absolute specialty in working with, right? Because if you don't understand the stages of that disease, you're not going to understand the behaviors. Like at one stage of the disease, people actually can hallucinate or become aggressive. And so if you don't really understand how that manifests, then you're going to have a very hard time treating it. Um, borderline personality disorder, absolutely the therapist needs to have at least solid training and supervision and support while they're working with someone who is struggling with that disorder. And that is because somebody with that disorder very likely and unconsciously or consciously is having an experience where they see themselves, the therapist, the world is all good and then is all bad. So if the therapist is getting idealized and they're like, wow, you're really wonderful, you're the best therapist I've ever had, and then the therapist is late for five minutes or something and then all of a sudden the client's like, you're you don't care about me, you don't, all you care about is yourself, you're five minutes late, and then the therapist is confused and, and trying to figure it out. But somebody who is very trained, which DBT, a DBT therapist, one who's fully certified, has a lot of training and support to work with this, would tell you that they, the, the client and the therapist both should be prepared for when everything's all good, that bad is soon to come, like the therapist is going to mess up and how are they going to handle that? And when the therapist is all bad and screwed up in the client's eyes, then helping the client see that again, good can come, right? So it's the bad and the good and the good and the bad that is a kind of skill set that I honestly don't have. That's why I don't work with people with borderline personality disorder because it's it's too frustrating for me to go from all good to all bad and all good. So I give so much appreciation for people who have the training to work with somebody who is struggling with borderline personality disorder in a way that helps them learn to trust the attachment. So those were like two amazing examples of like exactly when a therapist should have specific training to work with specific issues, but not, not all of them. So. Yeah. I made a decision probably eight years ago, never to date anyone with borderline personality disorder That's but a good I'm more idea. interested <laughs> Allie in these licenses and what they mean in terms of how I can actually be helped and how important are they yeah this is a tough one because I mean honestly sometimes I refer to myself as Dr. Cole not just for my ego even though it's probably partially so um, that it's because I went through <laughs> five years of training, wrote a dissertation, which is absolute hell, in addition to a thesis. And I sometimes just want credit for the fact that I've gone to school for four years longer and had four years more of supervision than a lot of master's programs. But it even gets more confusing because if you're a social worker, you can be an LMSW or you can be an LCSW. And a C means that you have had more training and you have had more supervision than a social worker with just a master's. Unless you have a PsyD or a PhD, you are going to have less training and less supervised training in school is basically what that means, probably three years 
uh, worth of training. And again, now some people don't get better with training. I mean, that's some of the research that they're talking about now is like sometimes it's more of the common sense factors and the relationship factors that we talked about in the last episode that make a good therapist. So it definitely doesn't tell you everything, but if you are interested, like some people don't even know the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist. A psychiatrist has an MD, but they can do therapy. And some psychiatrists who do therapy go to a lot of training out, you know, post-grad training that allows them to be good therapists, but some psychiatrists just do therapy with no extra training outside of med school to be to be therapists. So Usually the people with the most, you know, training and supervision um, are going to be able to at least have more experience to draw upon, but people can do that on their own. That's why we said in, you know, when you're calling a therapist ahead of time, you can ask them about their training. Some therapists might have a master's, but they went into a graduate program or a post-grad program that continue to give them more training and supervision and support. We see lots of different degrees is when you're looking at this. You see a PhD, a PsyD, um, LMFT, uh, licensed mental health counselor, uh, LCSW, LMSW, MD. I mean, it just goes on forever. So it definitely can be a confusing process. But hopefully today, Corey, as we wrap up here, that we just at least validated our listeners and maybe inspired therapists to get a little more specific on their profiles to help us all out in this process of being really kind of lost and confused when we're trying to rely on going online, going on psychology today, which is the most way I think people start to find therapists, get some help, or at least feel comforted that it's difficult for all of us. That was a lot of information. If you have any questions on that, please do not hesitate to write info at createoutcomes.com. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate it very much. I had fun today. Me as well. And thank you, Toby. Do you want to tell us a little more about Tomes, our proud sponsor? I'd love to. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Dr. Allison Cole. Well, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to experience a Tome sound bath. And I'm glad that our listeners have stuck around long enough to uh, to hear this. This is going to be awesome. Um, first, though, I'd like to explain what Tomes is and a bit of the backstory. Tomes is a natural sleep and sound healing portal located on the web at www.tomes.com. Tomes is a new technology that is built on several different sound principles, one of which is binaural beats. And if you're not familiar with binaural beats, basically, it's the science of brain entrainment through sound. An example, if I were to wear headphones and put two different frequencies, uh, one in each ear, and they're similar in range, like 200 cycles or hertz, which are cycles per second, and 205 hertz, your brain will actually hear three different tones. The one in your left ear, the one in your right ear, and the difference between them, which will appear in the center. In this example, you would experience the third frequency of 5 hertz, or cycles per second. Your brain wants to sync to your environment at all times to keep you safe. But in this case, 5 hertz will help put you to sleep and stay asleep. There are lots of helpful sleeping tonalities on our website at www.tomes.com. But we'll learn more on this fascinating technology as we continue these podcasts. Today, I would like to gift our listeners 
a sound bath of release. Release is designed to relieve symptoms of headaches, tension, and migraines. It contains components of stress relief, peace, and compassion, as well as anxiety and depression control. You can find all of this and more sound healing at www.tomes.com. That's www.t-a-u-m-m-h-o-m-s.com. Now let's enjoy this brief sound bath. Introducing Release, a sound bath by Tomes. Thank you, Tomes. Thank you, Toby. That was very interesting. I didn't know that about the binaural beats. That's uh, fascinating. It's pretty cool, right? It really is, yeah. I'm looking forward to learning more about that and how it heals. So, And we shall in upcoming podcasts. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allie. Dr. Cole. You're welcome. I will see you next week when we explore the question, is it okay to choose a therapist based on their gender, race, age, and or cultural background? Thank you all for joining us and have a wonderful day.